Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. There is a point and there's a purpose to life. And there's a reason to why, why you're here. There's a reason to why you're here today. There's a reason to why you are doing maybe what the Lord has called you to do. And there's fulfillment that comes along with following the Lord. And he walks by Levi's little booth and says, hey, Levi, let's go. Let's go. Follow me. And what he does is amazing. It almost is maybe more impressive than Peter and Andrew and James and John. There is fulfillment in following the Lord. So often we find ourselves stuck in the monotonous routines of life. You're doing well, but it still feels like maybe something's missing. The something that's missing is Jesus. In today's message, Pastor James looks at the story of Jesus calling Levi, who's also known as Matthew, to follow him. Jesus saw that Matthew was made for so much more than what he was currently living, and he sees the same greater potential in you. Ask him what that potential is today, and be blessed. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 2, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. We're just slowly kind of going through this. I had expected we'd be several chapters in by now. We're halfway through the second chapter. So we're not going to cover much ground today either because some of these stories, I just want to make sure that we're revisiting some of these familiar stories and shedding some light on maybe things that we've missed or hadn't heard before. I'm not here to impress you with my wisdom and understanding because I don't have a whole lot of it, but I just simply want to communicate to you, this is what the Word says, and there's beauty just in the Bible. And I hope you're reading your Bibles. I hope you're taking time, preferably daily, to read through the Bible. It's just, it's an amazing book. It's awesome. So let's look at this. Verse 13 says, then Jesus, I'm going to read from New Living Translation, just so you know that. Jesus went out to the lake shore again, that's the Sea of Galilee, and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. But when the teachers of the religious law or the scribes who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Love the New Living Translation. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So let me pray, and we're going to get right into this. Lord Jesus, again, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for your love and your mercy that you richly pour out within our lives, and your grace upon grace upon grace. Thank you for dying on the cross for a bunch of sinners. 
Thank you for coming for the sick. Thank you for being the great physician. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're the ones you were after. I pray that we're self-aware of the fact that we need you more than anything. And we want you more than anything, Lord. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for going out just after the outcast and the downtrodden and the hopeless. Lord, the untouchables and all that, Lord, thank you so much for pursuing us and for making a way where there was no way, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the example that you've set before us. And we pray that, Lord, that you would just help us to hear your word and apply your word to our lives today. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about Levi, a.k.a. Matthew, right? This story is amazing. And this is so picture perfect of who Jesus is. Because Jesus is going to pursue the ones who, let me see how to say this, the religious, the church at that time. I don't like using the term church because it really didn't exist at that point in time. The religious people who they wanted nothing to do with these people. And that's who Jesus had on his target. He's in the business of going after those who you just may not fit the bill. You may not like, as far as the world standards go, you're probably not the best and the brightest and the strongest and all that good stuff. And then even sometimes within the religious community, you don't have the best to offer. And that's who Jesus is going after. And I appreciate that because, well, he pursued me. He pursued me. And just like he's going to call Levi into the ministry, there was a time in which Jesus showed up within my life and called me into, not just into the ministry, but to follow him, to follow him. And I remember it, and I've shared this story with you guys before, but when we go through things like this, it always just kind of comes back to me of that moment when I was 19-year-old kid, you know, already kind of knowing I'm going to Bible college, not knowing what Bible college even was, didn't know that there was such a thing as a college dedicated to just Bible study, because I just thought college was college. However, this one was really cheap, and it's in Southern California, and there's beaches, and there's girls, and that was my motivation to go there. I'm not going to lie to you. That's what it was. And I had some friends from Amarillo that were going. And I was like, well, what else am I going to do? I'll go to Bible college, fill out the application, know nothing about Jesus, lied all the way through the application, submitted the application, and got accepted to Calvary Chapel Bible College in Marietta, California, 20 years ago. Golly. Anyways, but there was something that leading up, it was towards the end of July, I'm in Colorado working, and the Lord has been working on my heart, planting seeds and planting seeds. And then one evening, he just shows up in my studio apartment, and he basically, kind of like with the call of Levi, he's like, follow me follow me. And it was at that moment that I realized, because I've been wrestling, man, I've been wrestling. My conscience was always convicting me of things. And I just, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where to go. And they keep talking about this Jesus guy. And I knew enough about him, not anything about the Bible, but I started reading the Bible. And then he shows up and he's like, follow me. And it was in that moment that I knew, and, and I've shared this with you guys before, but I was like, man, Lord, I'm a sinner. Your word says it. And I believe it. But your word also says that you died for me and you rose from the grave. Your word says it 
And I believe that. And I will follow you. And from that late July evening in Colorado, beautiful mountains of Colorado, then into Bible college, I followed him. But here's the thing. I was the least qualified. And when it came to the calling that he had upon me, I can testify this, and I have others who could testify of this as well. I was the least deserving. I was the least qualified to stand before you today and to speak. You would have never have thought this when I was a kid. My own flesh and blood, my own brother, for a certain period of time, didn't even know I could talk because I was so incredibly shy. I would not speak. I wouldn't speak at all. And then, you know, you hear, you know, kind of overlap with friends from way back then who knew me as a kid and all that to, for them to know like, man, you're a pastor. You actually get up and speak. That's a part of what you do now. And I'm like, I can't believe it either. But you've never would have, back then, you've never would have said, you're going to grow up to be a pastor. You're going to grow up to be a preacher. You're going to grow up to stand in front of people and share the word of God and actually talk in front of people. You would have never pinned that on me. Never. But Jesus did. But Jesus did. Why would he do that? Because he's going to take the least of these, the weak, the not that impressive, and all that good stuff. And he's going to say, watch what I can do. Just watch what I can do. And maybe you have a story that's similar to that. That's Levi's story today. This dude's a sellout. He is a traitor to his country. And Jesus walks by and says, I'll take you. Nobody else wants you. Nobody else wanted Levi. I'm going to tell you that right now. Nobody else wanted Levi. Nobody did, except for Jesus. Except for Jesus. Look at this story. Verse 13, we pick up. We just went through the first 12 verses where we saw four men carry their paralyzed buddy, tear the roof off of Peter's house so they can lower this dude down right in front of Jesus as he's teaching because they know Jesus can heal their friend. And their paralyzed friend, he probably knows as well, Jesus can heal me. And man, I'm putting a lot of faith in him. And I'm putting a lot of faith and trust in my four friends who are now lowering me through a ceiling, a roof into right in front of Jesus. And he healed him. He, he took care of this guy's greatest problem. His greatest problem was the fact that he was lost and he was separated from God. He was a sinner. He was a sinner. He says, your sins are forgiven. Well, that's not why we brought him here. Well, that's what he needs. And Jesus made this great proclamation and the religious guys were really steamed at Jesus because that's blasphemy because only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, I know that. So let me prove to you that I can forgive his sins. Get up, roll up your bed and get out of here. And he did it. He proved it. He's like, which one's easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, rise, roll up your bed and walk. And Jesus says, to show you that I am the son of man, which is, you know, a title that he would take on connected to the book of Daniel. We'll get there later. But he proved to them like, yes, I can forgive sins. Oh, and I can heal a paralyzed man. And he did it in their presence. And everybody's wowed at this and everybody's amazed. So his popularity is growing. So this is why in verse 13, it says he went out to the lake shore again, because he has to go outside of the city limits because there's just no more room. There's no more room. And you got a leper who's, former leper, who's running around the town talking about how he actually touched me and he healed me. 
And now you get a paralyzed man running around, literally physically running around, maybe for the first time ever in his life, saying, he healed me. And not only did he heal me, but man, he took care of what I think the paralyzed man knew was his biggest issue, and that was sin. So words getting around. So he's out and preaching by the lake shore. And oftentimes he would, he would get into a boat and he'd have to go away from the shore a little bit just so he could communicate to the whole crowd that kept showing up. So he's out there on the Sea of Galilee again and he's teaching the crowds that were coming to him. And this is what I love about Jesus. It wasn't about the miracles. They were not primary. The word was primary. Every single one of these stories, he is preaching, he is teaching first and foremost, and the miracles would follow. And you can check me on that. We'll go through the entire gospel of Mark and you can, you can take note of that. He's giving them the word because that's what they need the most. And then he's addressing whatever other needs they may have. Oh, you're hungry? Okay, well, we'll break some bread and some fish after the service. And here he's teaching them out on the Sea of Galilee, and they just keep coming to him because he's one who teaches with this authority that they've never heard. They've never experienced this before. And so it says, verse 14, as he's walking along, he sees Levi, the son of Alphaeus, and that kind of maybe, there's a thought there that that kind of connects him, maybe kind of closely related, if not a brother, some other of the disciples, okay? But Regardless of that, we can get into his family history later, or we'll go through the Gospel of Matthew and cover that. But he's, it names his dad, but he's sitting at his tax collector's booth, right? So he's got like, it's like a little toll booth, right? We all experience that. You got to drive through Houston, you go through these tolls. Well, so Levi's camped out, and he's a tax collector, and there's a thought that because there's a lot of trade that comes in and out of this region, specifically within this area where they're at, that he's just taxing goods that are coming in and going out. The thing about these tax collectors is they work for Rome. They're working for Rome. He's always working for the man, right? And Rome is the enemy. So when you get one of these highly coveted jobs as a tax collector, what you're really doing is you, are, you know you're, there's a line that's been drawn and you're crossing over this line. And whatever family, friends, community you had you're now saying goodbye to them because they're going to disown you. You just crossed the line. You work for them. Well, they're extorting us because their tax rates are way too high. And then the tax collectors, see, they would, they would kind of bid for certain jobs. And in the bidding for the jobs, they had to make that much money that they bid for. And so oftentimes tax collectors, that would be their quota. So they, got to, they know they got to collect this percentage to cover that. However, that, all that's going to Rome. So I need to tax more so I have money for my own pockets. And so they'd increase the tax, the percentage. And they would overtax these people. And they could do it because they had Rome supporting them. You could, even, you could have a soldier kind of there with you to shake down all these people to get more taxes out of them. You could see why they were despised, why they were hated. We don't know officially what tax collecting job Levi technically had, but more than likely he was doing all right financially. He's probably doing okay. He's probably excelling at his job, his career as a tax collector. 
But the more you excel at that job, the more enemies you make, especially back home. But he knew, like, this is a job. Other people want this job. And so I'm going to go in all in at this job. I know it's going to cost me my family, my friends, and that community and all that stuff, but I'll have money. And I'll sacrifice this for the dollar. And you used dollars back then, but you get it. So it's not that Levi is like innocent within this thing, because we can get on that and be like, oh, they shouldn't have hated tax collectors and all that stuff. Well, he knew what he was doing. He knew that going for that job meant he was pursuing the almighty dollar. He was pursuing all the comforts that come along with that and all that stuff. So he was going after that, but he knew there was a cost to it and he was willing to pay that price. And there he is sitting in his tax collecting booth. It's another day, another dollar. Until this man walks by, the man, Jesus he walks by, he sees Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in his tax collecting booth. He says, follow me and be my disciple. What we don't know, but maybe there, this was happening within Levi's heart and his mind is, maybe he's wrestling with the fact that, man, I'm a sinner. I got all this stuff. I've amassed all this. I have new friends. I have new family at the cost of sacrificing this old family and these old friends, but I'm still empty. I have everything that this world has told me that is satisfying. And if that's true, then why am I still empty? He's like the perfect candidate for that, you know, for that kind of position. We see this time and time again with individuals, maybe athletes and, and things like that, who give their lives to the Lord. And they can attest to the fact that like, it didn't matter how much money I, I made. It didn't matter how many championships I may have won or whatever awards and accolades and all that stuff. None of that stuff lasted. It was good for a moment, but then the whole's still there. Maybe that's Levi sitting in his tax collecting booth and he's just like, is this it? Is this all there is to this life? If that's the case, then, whoa, it just seems so pointless and meaningless. It's almost like he's maybe wrestling through the book of Ecclesiastes. Just like, what's the point of all this? Well, there is a point. There is a point and there's a purpose to life. And there's a reason to why, why you're here. There's a reason to why you're here today. There's a reason to why you are doing maybe what the Lord has called you to do. And there's fulfillment that comes along with following the Lord. And he walks by Levi's little booth and says, hey, Levi, let's go. Let's go. Follow me. And what he does is amazing. It almost is maybe more impressive than Peter and Andrew and James and John. They can always go back to the fishing boats. They could have always gone back to their dad's fishing company. Levi can never go back to the tax collecting booth. He would never be able to. I'm not saying that tax collectors in that sense of it, like they were bad because they're tax collectors. They're bad because they're thieves. Okay? You need to understand that. Could Levi have gone on to continue to be a tax collector who loved the Lord Jesus? He could have. He could have. 
But we know that with the tax collectors that they were, they were robbing people. They were literally robbing people. That's sin. That's a sin. So he couldn't have gone back to it to that extent. But it's a highly coveted position. So when he forsook this, when he walked out of that tax collecting booth, somebody snatched it up and he would never again have this opportunity. He really was abandoning all to follow Jesus. He knew if I get up and leave this booth, I will never come back to this. So he said adios to security. Security, quote unquote, earthly security. And he embraced eternal security, which makes all the difference in the world. You want to enjoy this life? You want to make it through this life? Embrace eternal security. It's so much better when you know the destination. Because if you're walking through this life and you don't know the destination or that's a question, that is so stressful. I know what that's like because as a 19-year-old kid, I was wrestling with that. I knew if I had died, heaven probably wasn't the reality for me. And hell was. And that's no way to live your life. Jesus walks by, follow me. Commit to me. Come with me. Come with me. And be my disciple. Be my student. Sit at my feet. Learn from me, Levi, is what he's inviting them to. What I love about this is that invitation is still out there today. Jesus gave multiple invitations. Are you burdensome? Are you weary? Are you tired? You do know that on the table is, it still stands the invitation to come to Jesus and to find rest in him. We still know that that promise stands true. That's still an open invitation for anybody and everybody. Just like salvation is still available, it's still on the table for anybody and everybody. The invitation to follow Jesus and be his disciple is still on the table, free for the taking. You can give your life to the Lord, enter into this thing, we call it, it's a battle, it really is a war, and you can sit on the sidelines if you want. I really think that Christians who give their lives to the Lord should be like all in and like go to that like, I'm, no, I'm a disciple, I'm sitting at his feet, I want to learn from him. I want to go on these journeys. I want to go on these adventures. I think all Christians should be like that, but not all Christians are like that. Because some are just fine with like, just punch my ticket to heaven and I'm just going to kind of hide out until we get there. No, no, no. Let that not be your mindset. In this game, the Lord's not looking for people to occupy the bench. He wants players on the field. So be a player on the field. Be eager to go out. Just go all out for Jesus. Be one of his followers. Accept this invitation and just go for it. This is what Levi did. It says, so Levi got up and followed him. There you go. But here's what's amazing about Levi. He didn't just stop there. Something radically, something radical happened within his heart. Because Jesus walks by, that's the Messiah. This is the guy everybody keeps on talking about. And he just personally invited me to come and to follow him. I'm all in. Let's go. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for- 
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle as he teaches through the book of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' time here on earth. Though it's short, this book is powerful as it's filled with encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday people just like you and me. And the book of Mark reminds us that Jesus came to serve. He humbly did what needed to be done, even if it wasn't glamorous. Jesus healed the people who were sick. He spent time with the lonely and the rejected. He loved the unloved unconditionally. And then he proved his love by the ultimate act of service. He gave up his life for all of us. He took the place of every person on the earth, and then those to come, because we all deserve death. Our sins make us unacceptable to God, and we're unable to do anything to fix it. That's why we need Jesus. Today, if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your Savior, please consider it again. If you have questions or would you like to talk more with someone, then please take a moment and go to breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. Just fill out the form and we'll be in touch with you. You can also come visit us if you're in the Galveston area. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we meet every Sunday and Thursday. So find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off in the book of Mark. So make a note of where we are and make plans to join us next time, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.